Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 162. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today on what is a very snowy day here in Toronto. If you live in a place like sunny California, be grateful that you didn't have to spend the first hour of your morning digging your car out of the snow before even having a coffee. But such is life here in the Great White North. The amazing thing is, you know, nothing shuts down. You know, we we go about our day, we go about our lives, we go to work, we go to the gym, we go out for dinner. It's just what we do, despite the 15 centimeters of snow. The show must go on. We still record and produce podcasts, so... I mean, this episode was actually recorded just yesterday when this snowstorm started. And we've got a heck of an episode here for you today. We've got an interview with reggae hip-hop star Solomon Marley Spence, also known as King Cruff, right here on the Adamantium podcast. And King Cruff is one of the budding stars out of right here in Ontario. He has music in his DNA as he is the grandson of the one and only legendary reggae icon, Mr. Bob Marley. And this kid's going to make some waves. I just know it. He's signed a major record deal, and he's just released two new singles. The first one was called Samurai Chop, and the most recent one is called Souffle, and there is an EP on the way. So go check out King Cruff on wherever you get your music. Tell your friends about him as uh, he's going to be a big deal, I think. So as I said, I met up with Solomon just yesterday, so this interview is nice and fresh and relevant, and we had a great chat all about his career and his music and his life and where he thinks the industry is going. So just absolutely stoked to share this one with you guys. Before we get into the interview, just want to remind you guys to check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist. It's now on Apple Music. It consists of songs by artists who have been featured on the podcast, including King Cruff. So check it out. You might discover an artist you didn't know before, someone that you really like, and then you can check out the episode and get to know them a little better. Also, if you're a first-time listener to the Adamantium podcast today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate each and every single listener. If you like what you hear today, please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. We've got such an awesome catalog of artists on this podcast now, so plenty for you to go back and check out, and of course, more to come in the future. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And that's all for now. So let's get you introduced to Solomon Marley Spence, a.k.a. King Cruff, right here on episode 162 of the Adamantium podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Be well. God bless. And you will hear from us again right here real soon. Okay, so we're here with Mr. Solomon, better known as King Cruff. Thank you, man, for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, on this very blizzardy uh, Toronto day. So thank you for making it out here. It's cold outside. It That's is cold sure. outside. It is, but you know what? We've, we've kind of dodged it all winter almost. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so lots of exciting things to talk about. Just a new, a new single just came out. Uh, souffle um, like just last week I think yes and then Samurai Chop was a couple months ago um, one thing I found really interesting about these two singles in particular um, one is they different thematically but kind of 
uh, syncretic in their style. I mm. felt like the two. Um, tell me more about the vibe you were going for with Souffle or, or Samurai Chop and, and what you wanted the listeners to, what, what kind of feeling did you want to spark in them? Um, I feel like with the vibe of Souffle and Samurai Chop, and it's actually funny because I made Samurai Chop even though it got released first. Samurai Chop was made right after I made Souffle. Okay. Because when I made Souffle, I was like, I want to make a song that I've never made before because I was making more the rap and, you know, like that type of style. Yeah. I want to do more melody. So, I honestly, it was just like I went to the studio and just tried something completely new. Okay. You know? And um, I feel like when I did that, I kind of wanted to, I kind of just wanted the listener to, A, feel the experience of the story, which is, wanting to just be with someone and dance with someone when um, those opportunities might not be available. Right. But I kind of wanted to also prove to myself and my audience that I can do everything. You okay. Know what I mean, I wanted to show my versatility a lot in both those tracks. Okay. And I feel like that, I feel like that was accomplished. You know what, that's, it's kind of funny you say that because the next thing I was going towards was like when I listened to some of your older singles mm -hmm. they felt to me more like the the classic hip-hop kind of vibe whereas now it, it felt more along the reggae side more the Afrobeat kind of side so that is what you were going for for yeah. these these singles yeah absolutely very, very nice man um the but like you you mentioned it too you didn't want to you didn't want to be pigeonholed say into mm -hmm. a certain genre and I feel like uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, music in general seems like it's kind of approaching more and more of a genreless type of artists, more and more quote unquote bending genre. Absolutely. And so, is this, is it, do you think, do you see like continuing in this trend? Like, how, where do you see hip hop or say reggae going uh, in the future? I feel like it's so interesting, man, because what I can definitely see right now is that Afrobeats is taking over. Okay. You know what I mean? Afrobeats is taking over. In an immense way and i feel like when it comes to because there's always a conversation of like afro beats versus reggae and dancehall right right or i wouldn't even say versus because it's not a competition but it is a you're looking at it as like afro beats is here we want to see reggae and dancehall mm -hmm. to like you know what i mean at equal level because they have that potential yeah um i'm kind of going off the tangent no no but no I, go ahead man That's... i do see music going genreless yeah as as you move forward and i feel like as all of these different genres kind of like find their own space. And it's also just because of the internet too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like why genres are so strict back in the day was because if you grew up in a certain place or in a certain environment, like you could only listen to what was around you. Right. So that was all you knew. Yeah. But nowadays everybody knows everything because you can just Google search something and it's on Right. You. So I, I like it though. I like seeing that direction of music. I like hearing people come up with just weird stuff because that's what art is supposed to be. Art is supposed mm -hmm. to be like, it's supposed to be inspiring and it's supposed to be disturbing. And I think that's going to make for more original type, you know what, what I mean? What's something you've heard that you were like, that it, that inspired you to like, oh, I want to make something like that or, mm. or I want to change, you know, the sound of reggae or hip hop mm. when you heard it. Is there any particular sound or? I feel like whenever I listen to Smino, Okay. Yeah, Smino's a dope artist and he genre bends all the time. Yeah. And I feel like the first time I ever heard his music, I was like, this is this is obviously hip hop, but it's not. And I was mm -hmm. like, if I could try and attempt that with with reggae or dancehall in some way, like I feel like that's the music that I would enjoy because I grew up on, on reggae and dancehall, but also hip hop. 
Yeah. And I just want to see what would happen if the two like come together in, a, okay. in like a perfect way. Yeah, yeah. The the well, there's a lot of artists that are doing that back home, and I keep crediting them with like Zach Jones, Tessellated, Runkus, and then you have artists who are bringing in soul into reggae too, like Savannah. And it's amazing to see. Like I feel like reggae is going to reggae is going to make a wicked comeback mm-hmm. soon enough. It's just going to take a little bit more time. But for me personally. When I listen to those type of artists, it made me want to go in the studio and be like, all right, let me try something a little different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Why do you think reggae maybe took a, like, wh- where did it go? Where do you? Why do you think it took a, a backseat or something for a little while? Or I feel like the thing about reggae music is that on its own, it's such a powerful sound. I feel like Jamaica has such a crazy market for music because if you can blow up in Jamaica then you can go and tour in the UK mm. and you can make a lot of money out there okay I mean you can get all your fans out there but I also feel like when it comes to Jamaica itself how would I say this there's not that much infrastructure mm. for music down in Jamaica to like get that catapult yeah. in the international because doing music business in Jamaica and then doing music business in the rest of the world are two right. different things yeah. So when there's no proper education to be like, okay, when you go from point A to point B, this is what you need to do in the transition. Yeah. I feel like that kind of stops some of the momentum. Okay. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's one of the one of the biggest reasons why it hasn't like Right. You know what I mean? And, and may, is it is that because like there's a different sized market in Jamaica or just the way people do business in Jamaica's different or like where why why is it hard for 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 you to break out of, say, Jamaica and make it in the UK or in the United States or something? I feel like, well, I also feel like when you think of, like, the UK or the United States, they're just bigger. You know right. what I mean? And bigger market yeah. to, to get into, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're also, like, those are just, like, the pillars of the music industry. Right. Like, that's where everything is. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to make those connections mm-hmm. versus, like, when you grow up in a in a country like that where sometimes it's even hard to get into those type of countries you know right. what I mean? there's a barrier of entry right so it's not like you can just get on a plane and meet right you know, so and so yeah yeah just call up hey you hey you <laughs> you know what i mean like now. Yeah. let me in yeah <laughs> um but that's not to say that like it's impossible to blow up out of jamaica because it's not mm-hmm. like right now you have skilly bang and right now you have skeng who are running dancehall music there's another dancehall artist coming up named valiant and it's only a matter of time before he gets picked up as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Jamaica has always been like this weird little country where yep. there's yeah, like yeah. a million eyes on. Like everyone's like, what's the next thing out of there? Right. So it's not impossible. It's just a lot harder than it should be. Right. I find. Gotcha. And it's it's funny that you, you, you're kind of beating me to a lot of my questions because you were saying too, <laughs> like how people like they, they don't just listen to, because I remember when I was say like in high school and... I'm a little bit out of my because I like I was a, I'm a rock and roll guy, right? Of course, of course. When I was like in high school, even within rock and roll, like you had your punk kids, you had your metalheads, you had you know, and it was like if you listened to one type of music, it was almost like you weren't allowed to listen. It yeah. wasn't cool to listen to that, you know. And I feel like that's kind of gone a little bit now, or it's not quite as prominent as it was, say. And maybe that it was because now we're all have full access to everything, and it's like this is really cool, this is really cool. But it was even like good music it was like you weren't even allowed to you weren't allowed to listen to it because it wasn't cool within your group and i feel like that's kind of fading a little bit now i would agree with that too because i went through that too in high school where it's like obviously i listened to like hip-hop or reggae dancehall but then like when i was in high school that was when linkin park was cool panic at the disco was cool the killers 
was dope. So that, that's actually, you mentioned it. That was one of the things I was thinking of, too. I was like, I remember when, because of the music I listened to in high school, I remember The Killers came out with Hot Fuss, mm. which is like one of the best albums of that decade. Mm. And I was like, I wouldn't listen to it. I was like, nah, nah, they're too, they're too <laughs> poppy. They're too poppy. You know, I listened to it, ten, like, obviously, oh, I listened to it, but like, 10 years later, I was like, why would I let myself listen to this? This is this dope, is, this man. Is the, the, one of the best albums I've ever heard, you know? And, uh, you know, it's funny the way, you know, socialism is the way, you know, how it pigeonholes you in a, even in music, not just in what you believe, but yeah. in music. Where, As a where, listener. Where it puts you in a corner, you know, and, and limits you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So uh, I think that is kind of like fading, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, one, one thing I always found interesting, it was like, uh, you know, take skaters, you know, they were always, you know, they liked their punk rock, but like skaters were very involved in the hip hop scene too. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I feel like like I I kinda came into hip hop a little bit late. I was thirteen when I probably got into mm. hip hop culture heavy. And I feel like skating had already invaded at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like it was the person that comes to mind when I think of skating is Wayne. Yeah, okay. And strangely enough, Wayne and Hobson. You right. remember Hobson? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was that's like some real internet yeah. like nerd rap. But it was it was the same too though. Like even with skaters, it was like again, a certain type of hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know? Like uh you know, it was funny, I like I went to Riot Fest one year mm. and they had a stage dedicated to, to hip hop artists, you know, and uh I thought that was really cool. Like I was like, This is a... Uh, a certain type of very specific type of person mm. but their even their music tastes are very are more eclectic open into right. yeah and where do you see like where do you see hip-hop going because i feel like again you're gonna have to educate me because i you know i like who i like but i don't know as obviously i don't know as much as you do about the hip-hop industry and i felt like a little while they got they got st stuck in that kind of trap right uh sound mm -hmm. that like for a few years like that was you had to have that trap the sound you, era yeah yeah, yeah. we were just to, talking about this the yeah. other day <laughs> you had to have that trap sound for a little while or else you weren't you know you weren't gonna make it or you weren't big you know or at least from my standpoint you know yeah so tell me tell me where you th you know is, is that is that correct or do you no. where do you see hip-hop going now i would agree with you and i feel like that soundcloud era was so interesting because it was such like it was such a how would I say this? It was such a sound that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And just became like the thing overnight. Yeah. And I feel like it threw a lot of people off. It threw like a lot of older heads off. Yeah. Because like people mm -hmm. were still married to the idea of hip hop is about lyricism and bars yeah, yeah. and you gotta talk about this and you gotta talk about that. Some people are like, if you're not talking about social justice stuff, don't even make music, like that type of thing. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I just said this the other day, the roots of hip hop is really all about having fun. Right. That's what hip hop yeah. came out of at the end of the day. So I feel like even though that music was maybe not to the best of the quality when it first came out, it's still attached to people because mm -hmm. it was fun. And now it's found its foot in the game okay. where it's like it's unshakable. Like some of the people that we were like, those people are not going to survive, mm -hmm. are around kicking and have some of the biggest fan bases to this day. But I also feel like hip hop is in the, hip hop has this thing where there's just so many different sounds that there's a market for everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so many different ways that you could take hip hop that it's it's never gonna go away mm -hmm. that's one thing i'll say about the genre for sure even yeah. if maybe by some chance it loses some of its popularity it's never going to go right away. because there's just so many different forms of it i mean i even listened to uh stormzy's latest album right and that album like man that collects so many different types of styles on it and he like he almost like brought back gospel as being cool and mm -hmm. like um 
tell me, like, so what would you like to do with your, not even a hip hop or reggae, whatever, what would you like to do with it to bring, bring to, to your fans and stuff? What kind of sounds would you like to bring to them? Hmm. I kind of want to bring some of the sounds from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm thinking like way, way down the line, some of the heroes of my childhood, but still also connected to the, to what the kids are listening to. Gotcha. So who were some of the heroes that you had? That's up? like the Paris Hammonds and the Taurus Rides gotcha. and yeah, the yeah. Sizzlers, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, my favorite, my favorite album is on uh, Mind Control by Stephen Marley. It was funny because you're asking me about like hip hop and reggae dancehall. I feel like that album, like every time I listen to it, I always say it's like the past, future, and present of okay. reggae music. No matter when you listen to it, it's okay. just a timeless project. And I feel like that's what we should get to. Like we should get to that future sound where it can touch the, it can touch the main stage, the international stage, mm-hmm. not alienate anybody, but still show them what the culture is all about. Yeah, mm. very cool, man. And like it, it's it's very clear the the Jamaican influence in your music and um, do you think you know spending the last decade in Canada has had an influence on on your music as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like one thing I'll say about doing music in Canada is that it introduced me to when I think about it, I think about my friends. Like mm-hmm. I legit just left a studio session with um my friends uh, second producer jag hooligan and solo it and when i think about canada as a whole canada is always talked about being like a multicultural spot right and i've met people who are from this country and this country and Mm -hmm. grew up here and they've shown me music that i've introduced into my style so i feel like that kind of bringing all these people together in a melting pot and everybody's like yo this is what i listen to as a kid this is what i listen to Mm -hmm. of course it would like influence you Mm -hmm. as you're like building your creative process yeah Cool. So you're getting kind of the, like you said, like you're getting the influence from the other cultures you're meeting in Canada yes. that you might not have got in Jamaica, and you're able to bring that into your own music as Absolutely, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's you've been able to do that so far? Like, do you think there's some elements of that in Souffle and in um, um, and in Samurai, Samurai Chop? Yeah. You know what's crazy is that like. When I made Samurai Chop, I wasn't even that into Afro beats as of okay. yet. But that's something I, because even you said earlier that that's something I always hear about is that like, yeah, man, they have that Afro beat sound. But I was just going into it. But I feel like a lot of the new music that I'm making now, like I'll take pieces from, from Afro beats and pieces from reggae and then always like try and like rap, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? To prove that I can yeah. still do it. So most definitely. It's I can definitely music. hear the Afro beats in Samurai Chop for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Whether, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me, I, I, I read it somewhere and then I couldn't find it again later. There's an EP coming soon, I think, right? <laughs> um, there, I read something I li- that there's something called Something Punky for You. Stuff is smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not allowed to talk <laughs> about this yet, we can cut it out. But yeah. No, we can talk some, about okay. it. Okay. That's definitely something, the goal. Okay. But that's some... Uh, and that's the title? That's, something Punky for You? That's what I want the title to Okay. Be. Okay. Yeah, because that's going to tie into something deeper because it's talking about the punky style, which is kind of like, I feel like... Yeah, so tell me, that's that was my what I was leading to. Tell me about the, the punky style because mm. like we, we were just talking about skater punks and whatever, and that's something very different than the punky style you're talking about, you, that you relate to. Right, yeah. Yeah. Is, is the punky style something you created like for yourself? Mm, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like my name for it because I feel like... 
I've always run into the problem of people listening to my music and they're like, this is great. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you call this? And right. I'm just like, I don't know, bro. I just went in the studio and did it. I called it punky because originally I was going to call it punk reggae. Okay. Because I felt like it kind of like had elements of reggae while some of the topics I talked about, some of the language I used kind of like moved out right. of like what reggae is supposed to be. But then I was kind of like, I was kind of like, it's not really reggae enough to mm -hmm. just call the whole thing punk reggae. So right. then I just, I just shortened it and called it punky. And right. that's literally the story behind it. Okay. Yeah. Very cool, man. Um, and you've said too that um, when you like when you write music, you like to kind of be in touch with those heavier feelings, right? And things like like insecurities and stuff like that. And when um, I'm gonna pull this just because it was a very specific what you said. It was something like you want people to think about your lyrics behind the beats um, and be lifted and feel less alone mm -hmm. when they listen to them. So when you're when you're looking for inspiration, how how do you start work on a song? Um, it starts either one or two ways. One way is that I'll get like a line or something that inspires me. So for Samurai Chop, the line that inspired that song was "Words cut deep like a samurai chop." Mm -hmm. um, or I'll hear a beat and I'll let that beat dictate how the story is going to be mm -hmm. told. Um, I kind of like the second way better because I feel like it's a little bit more natural. Whereas mm -hmm. like when I come up with an idea and then put it down, but I feel like both ways work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those, like especially Samurai Chop, I remember hearing like even that opening line, uh, the but the double edged sword. Yeah. What's the What's the line again? Remember that the sword of a double edge. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like right away, I remember thinking, man, what like that's a strong line already. And and I've talked about. I, I was talking about this with recently someone. They're like, that first line has to be, and I think it was actually in country music. They're like, that first line has to be. It has to draw you it in. It has man. to draw you in. Yeah. And I was like, right away, that's, that's, it made me think of that when someone told me that. And I was like, because I was drawn in that, the, the sword with the double edge. I appreciate and I was like, it. Yeah. Um, so then how do you get in touch? You know, like, say, you know, you, you want to work today, and how do you get in touch with those heavier feelings? You know, like, Hmm. I feel like it doesn't take that long. It doesn't, right? no? Yeah, I just have to think about it. I just okay. have to be like, because nine times out of ten, I'm already thinking about it when I walk okay. in the studio. Okay. And I do have a rule that when I'm in the studio, like mm -hmm. everything else that's outside is outside. You right. know what I mean? Like if I have something that's inside, then that's going to come out anyways. Yeah. But like all that other like stuff that's worrying me, Yeah. I try to keep that outside those doors. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Um, and so obviously, you know, you've got, you got music in your blood. You know, it's in your DNA. You got the, you know, the Marley name. Of course, of course. And is that something you, you know, obviously I'm sure you pride yourself on it, but you know, it, I, what I find fascinating is like, you, you could have called yourself Solomon Marley, yeah. you know, and, and you could have sold music with the name alone, but you chose to go with something like your own name, King mm -hmm. Krupp. Is that something that, you know, purposely, you, you know, you wanted to make a name for yourself yeah. using your own using the music rather than the name is that yeah. was that something that was front of mind for you yeah that was very strong for me man i believe in a more i believe in in creating my own legacy yeah you know i mean i think that's very important and i feel like you know you know if we're being honest if we're talking about shadows yeah Mr. Marley has a big one. The biggest, probably. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's hard to create a legacy. Of course. Under that, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, and, but of course, it's like, it's who I am at the end of the day, and it's my family. And it's literally, like, I feel like sometimes people think like, oh, you're a Marley, da, da, da. like it's some, but they're my aunties and my uncles and my cousins. Right, you know what I mean? Family. I see them at the family reunion. Yeah. So it's become very normal to me. And I feel like when it comes to my music, my music is just its own thing. Okay. It's very weird. Sometimes it's very crass, mm -hmm. and I feel like if 
I was to fully just be like, Solomon Marley, people would be like, this doesn't sound like what we've heard. Right. And that might that might affect how they listen to the music. So you think they might expect, you know, yes. the classic reggae, you know, like, okay, I yeah. see. And you yeah, want to yeah. say, hey, no, this is what I'm... This is what I'm about. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good Very question, cool. though. Good question. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, like, uh, on that point, too, um, wh- when did when did you realize that you wanted music to be your career and your mm. life? Was it, you know, was it encouraged to you early or was it something you came to on your own as well? I definitely came to it on my own because yeah. when you're growing up in that family, everyone's mm. doing music and it's really cool. Of course, yeah. And then you also learn it takes talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I when I was young I wasn't very talented so I wanted to sing reggae so bad okay I, I just couldn't do it man I couldn't yeah, yeah. figure out how to sing reggae and then as time went on I found hip hop you know okay. what I mean yeah. actually in between that I wanted to be an author I still wanted really? to be an author yeah man right well, you can tell in your lyrics that you you like to write right it's the so, words yeah it's the you words. know what I mean yeah sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no no <laughs> this podcast is about you not me hey, <laughs> it's about both of us yeah um. Yeah, the words are so important to me. And then that's when I found hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found these artists that, like, their words are the driving force. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, melody is important Melody is important mm-hmm. in all forms of music, but in hip-hop, it's, like, the words. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that was such a big part of it, and then that got me into it. And for a long time, of course, it was a hobby, and everyone's telling you, yo, make sure you have a plan B. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, music is hard. Yeah. Um... But I think when I realized was when I moved to Canada um, and I went to Western mm-hmm. and my life goal was always to go to Western. I okay. studied psychology. And when I did that, man, I just wasn't going to my classes. Like I wasn't really paying attention right. to my schoolwork. And that kind of taught me that it wasn't for me. Okay. You know what I mean? That kind of taught me that like if, if I could put so much energy, time, and money into my plan B, imagine what would happen if I put it in my plan A. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that it was probably around that time, like 18, 19, when I was like, all right. So you, but you already music. wanted to do music at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun to me. You know okay. what I mean? I was doing it. You moved from Jamaica when you were how old? 17. 17. Yeah. So you are, like, already before you left Jamaica, you were already making music? Yes. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. So um, you, you mentioned that... You know, this was your plan B, and I had read somewhere before. You know, before you signed the deal with Universal, you were you had a nine to five. Yes. What was your nine to five, bro? Yeah, tell me <laughs> some of my one of my favorite questions to ask musicians is, "What did you do before?" Because you, do you want the whole resume? To, yeah, tell me. Not, tell me some of the most interesting. Okay, so my first job. I can tell you already. Don't worry, like I've I've heard worse. <laughs> <laughs> my first job when I moved to Canada. Yeah, I was a dishwasher for a year. Okay. And then I hung up posters in Fanshawe College for, I don't remember how long, maybe a semester. Okay. I worked at Sky Zone Trampoline Park in London. Okay. Um, I worked that sounds at, pretty cool, though, that, actually. No, it's not, bro. Sky Zone? Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, let me not diss up Sky Zone, because, okay. you know, they paid my bills for yeah, a while. Yeah. <laughs> but what else? You know, I want a quick side story. Yes. I've been to Sky Zone once. How was it? I had it? a blast. I loved it. It was on my birthday. <laughs> But the thing was, I went. It was like uh, we. It was it was my birthday actually, and we we were adults. We were in our twenties. Of course, time. of course. And we went at a time where it was like adults only because we we're like we don't want any little kids. Was it the nighttime away. thing? The nighttime thing. Yeah. Right? So we played the dodgeball, right? But it was like the last session, so like all the Sky Zone employees got to play at the time, <laughs> and those guys are so good at, at trampoline dodgeball that like it. 
it kind of sucked the fun out of it because we were just getting crushed by the employees. You're just like, I hate these guys. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's doing like bouncing, doing backflips off the sidewalls. And yeah, it was like, you can't get any of them out. Yeah. Your team's just getting slaughtered. I, like, I'm, I'm fairly athletic and my buddies are fairly athletic, but man, these guys have the experience, you know? It's like, it's not fair are. they get to play. <laughs> yeah. It makes me any better if I was on a trampoline. Like, I I can't flip for nothing. No? No. Oh, man, these, these guys were like bouncing off the sides and like getting us <laughs> out left, right, and center. And then we were all super sore the next day. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's yeah. the fun. The thing about the thing I noticed about trampoline parks is that as you get older too. Because I yeah. remember one day like we had a staff thing and I bounced for like an hour and I was like, this yeah. isn't fun, man. Yeah. Like I'm tired. And the next day, man, you feel I don't I don't think I could go now, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be risky. Yeah, that's it. Something would something would ache for a week afterwards now. <laughs> all right, so tell anything any any ones you missed or um I worked in the LCBO factory. I worked in demolition. In the factory, okay. In the factory, yeah. Demolition. Did you get to smash anything cool? Yeah, that was probably one of one of the nicer ones. Okay. It was it was gross at times. This demolition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you you get into some houses and you'd be like, oh. Oh, you're doing houses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But when it when the, when the boss goes away and then you mm-hmm. just get like the whole day to just like mash things up. Yeah. Of course it's fun. And the last one right before I got signed was I was working in construction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not that's not so bad at all, man. Yeah. I, there's uh the word there's two ones that I always remember. There was Ronnie Hawkins, who's like a legendary punk artist here in mm-hmm. in uh, Toronto. He told me he used to shovel rats out of a out of a <laughs> power plant. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh. The worst and like, pardon me, but there was a guy in a band I interviewed last year, and it wasn't him, but it was like the drummer in the band. Used to work for like a dog treat factory. Okay. And his job, yeah, they used to use bull meat or something. And his job, no, was to cut the dicks off the bulls. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did he have that job for? Oh, I, I, I don't Who know. is this guy? I, I need to call him, bro. I need to make sure he's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find. I'll find where it went, which band it was again. And it was man, it blew my mind. I was like, no way. Why would you ever take that job? Like, <laughs> why did you stay? Why you, you can't? Times can't be that desperate. You know. <laughs> I was looking at his bills like, circumcising bulls for a living. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, that beats anything I've done. Oh, man, that beats any story I ever heard, man. So that's it. Cool, man. So what's, um, what would be next? What's, you know, you got the EP. What's, you know, I'm sure you got it. Like, I can tell from meeting you that your ambition is through the roof, you know. So tell me. What what's like? What's the the next goal? What's the long long term goal? What do you what do you want to be doing? I hmm. well definitely the body of work is what I want to come out, and I always want I want to be regarded as an artist that like if no one remembers us like if no one remembers a single, no one remembers a radio hit, whatever. But I want these bodies of work to come mm-hmm. out, and I want people to talk about that for ages. Okay, and I want to have some type of impact from mm-hmm. those projects. So I'm always working with that in my mind. But right now, also, as always, uh, you know, Stephanie's here. So shout out to my publicist, Stephanie. <laughs> you know, we're at Universal Music Canada mm-hmm. right now in the building. And I have an amazing team. And what we have collectively decided is that we have groundwork to do. Yeah. So it's very important for me to be in the studio, coming up with as much vibes as possible and getting these singles out mm. so that we can get the fans to hear them. And then so that the fans can be like, all right, now we want our project. Mm-hmm. So that's the main focus right now at the moment. Amazing. I mean, the first big step right there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, the amazing thing about, again, modern, like, to be a musician in this day and age, it's like the best time to be a musician, right? And like, right. you can be putting out singles, you know, you Every don't have week. to wait till you have, that's, I mean, you don't have to wait till you have 30 songs to cut down, you know, <laughs> like, Absolutely. yeah. 
Amazing, man. And so tell me, last question. If you could ask Grandpa Bob one thing, what would it be? <laughs> man, I'd ask him, you know what it is? I feel like Bob became such a larger-than-life figure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you become there, there's a certain price to your peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd ask him about his experience with that. Okay. Because there are days where I kind of feel like, I'm getting to that point, mm. and I want to be prepared for that point. You know what mm. I mean? Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to change how I am right now. I don't want to change how I how I treat my friends. Mm. I want to make sure I always stay the same. So I feel like that's what I would ask you. Yeah, mm. that's a hard thing to do. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of life changes. You know, as life changes, as life changes, right? Mm. As you yeah. success brings a lot of challenges too. Yeah. So. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that answer might change too, cause of course I feel like that might you never know that could come easy for you, you know, yeah. and then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you got one question, so that's <laughs> so <laughs> that's that was it. the one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a genie in the bottle type of situation. There you go. Cool, man. Well, uh, Solomon, I really appreciate you taking some time to to do this today, and uh, I'm really excited to hear the next uh, the next set of singles and the, the EP. Right, so, right. So, cool, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you for, for having me, man. This is great. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Bless. Cheers. Bless you, too. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.